Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. And I'm sitting here with Ziggy Rodriguez. That's me. And I'm also sitting here with Thomas Patrick Dorian. Hello. Venerable Tom. Venerable Tom. And we are so happy to be here. And this is like a first for us, by the way, because... Um, Sam, you're wearing sunglasses. I am wearing sunglasses. (laughs) You're so cool, man. (laughs) The light of our Lord is just filling the studio so much. It literally actually (laughs) is the light of the Lord filling the studios. Uh, We're we're like in in some new digs, which is really awesome. Yeah. And it has one of those glass brick walls on one side with like Mm -hmm. a cross in it. Uh, It's really beautiful. And then like a certain time of day. And the light's coming in. The angels just fly <laughs> by. <laughs> exactly right. Hopefully they stop and pause just a little bit. Uh, so anyway, we are doing um, uh, an interesting show today. Uh, we're going to talk about, uh, well, this, uh, we're coming up on the 31st Sunday. Well, this mm-hmm. is the 31st Sunday of Ordinary Time. Uh, and that means we're wrapping up the year. Uh, and I think I mentioned in our last show that where we are in the scriptures in the in the gospel according to Matthew in year A, where we are, Jesus is getting ready to launch into all the the woes. Mm-hmm. Like whoa, you brood of vipers, you hypocrites, you Pharisees, you scribes. You know, he's getting ready to lay into them in a real serious way, which essentially is basically, you know, setting himself up for. Uh, you know his own demise, and mm. you know, and the necessary crucifixion, so that there can be a resurrection. So anyway, it's just kind of like uh, the beginning of the end, you know, uh, in in a way that we and we look at this every year. Uh, and this particular scripture passage, we're going to read it in a second here, from the twenty third chapter of the Gospel of Matthew, is one I, I want to talk about because there's a lot going on here, and honestly. It can be misleading, or it can be, um, I mean, there's like this um, stuff, and you think like, well, this is what the gospel's obviously about. Let's just read it and, and see if you guys don't get the um, the same sense. But in chapter 23, starting at verse 1, then Jesus spoke to the crowds and to his disciples, saying, the scribes and the Pharisees have taken their seat on the chair of Moses. Therefore, do and observe all things whatsoever they tell you. But do not follow their example, for they preach, but they do not practice. They tie up heavy burdens, hard to carry, and lay them on people's shoulders, but they will not lift a finger to move them. All their works are performed to be seen. They widen their phylacteries and lengthen their tassels. They love places of honor at banquets, seats of honor in synagogues, greetings in marketplaces, and the salutation, Rabbi. As for you, do not be called rabbi. You have but one teacher, and you are all brothers. Call no one on earth your father. You have but one father in heaven. Do not be called master. You have but one master, the Messiah. The greatest among you must be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, but whoever humbles himself will be exalted. So that's the end of the reading that we'll hear uh, at Mass. 
But at the same time, it goes immediately on, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees. You know, the next paragraph, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You know, and it goes on and on and on with these several woes. So he, he continues to lambast the Pharisees and, and the, uh, the scribes. But uh, what we hear in this, now I imagine that a lot of people are going to hear a homily, or maybe you've already heard the homily, and it'll be about hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. Right and 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 yeah, I mean I, that's a that's a that's a theme here. That's something you can definitely talk about. And and people love to talk about hypocrisy. They mm-hmm. they love to 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 say about our whatever leaders they're referring to, whether it's church leaders, governmental leaders, whether it's the leader of your uh, Boy Scout pack. I don't know whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You know where people will talk about. I don't know why I picked on the Boy Scouts. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, true. you are one, right? You know, I, I, I historically I've been to way too many summer camps. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, they'll talk about the fact that, you know, you say this, but you do that. Mm-hmm. And Jesus does lambast the scribes and Pharisees for saying this, but doing that. Um, and, and that's a good thing to talk about. In fact, and that kind of ties to the, the Old uh, Testament reading from Malachi uh, that, that, that comes with that particular reading um, where um, essentially what we're seeing is Jesus – or not Jesus – where um, – uh, the Lord of Hosts is speaking to Jesus is referring to Malachi here, mm-hmm. but the Lord of Hosts is speaking to the priests and talking about the priests of the day, saying that he he will send a curse upon you and your blessing I will make a curse. You have turned aside from the way and have caused many to falter by your instruction. You have made void the covenant of Levi, says the Lord of Hosts. I mean, these are harsh words for the priests because back then those priests, you know, they got the lavish portions, they got. They got lots of uh, esteem in the community because they were a priest of God, mm-hmm. and so they would walk through town or, or in the temple or whatever. You know, they were a little taller than everybody else. Oh, people right? were bowing as they went by. That's right. But then, but they they made things difficult for people. They also led people astray, and this is one of the big bones that Jesus has to put, pick with the the Pharisees and the scribes. Right. Right. And so, this is all a valid place of speaking. But if we if we just stop there then it just becomes about hypocrisy. And hypocrisy is not good. But there's something bigger that's wrapped up in here. Remember, as Jesus is finishing his earthly ministry, right, his, his three years of public ministry, he is going to be establishing or has established a church. Mm-hmm. And so there's something bigger going on here. Uh, it, also, this particular gospel reading is something that I remember as a younger man when I had sort of a reversion to my faith. I, I, you know, I was born and raised Catholic, and and so you know we did the Catholic thing. Didn't really understand any of it. Very, very ill-informed when it came to scriptures and really in theology. Was didn't have any degrees in anything, right? Mm-hmm. And so when I had a, a a Protestant friend of mine who was kind of working with me, uh, working on me, however you want to look at that, <laughs> uh, he, you know, he did. You know, as an aside, one time we were talking about something. And he said, "Well, of course, you know, Jesus did say, call no man father.'" And that struck me because as an ill-informed, not-prepared Catholic, right? Didn't the, know what to do with it. What I first hear that is like, yeah, wait, we Catholics, we go around calling these priests father. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what Jesus, he's talking to the, the Pharisees and scribes and saying, don't call him father and don't call... Call no man father. You started calling your dad bro from that yeah, point bro, forward. Yeah, bro, exactly right. Yeah, <laughs> kind of ushered in a whole new generation, right? Yeah, but see, I didn't know what to say. I just sort of nodded my head in agreement, you know, and and I didn't challenge or stop and go like, wait, what did he mean by that? I wasn't even capable of doing that. 
Uh, but at the end of the day, it didn't take me long after I started to sort of rediscover my Catholicism, rediscover my own faith in in the church, that I would be able to look at those kind of verses and go like, oh, I know what's going on here, right? This is really a conversation about authority. It's not a, it's not a specific com, uh, conversation about prohibition of titles, because if you look at that, there are places, I mean, Jesus also says, don't call anybody teacher. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, you're not allowed to say teacher in school, like when you're a kid in school. And what, what I would have loved to have been able to do to my Protestant friend would say, like, I'm sorry, do you not celebrate Father's Day? And on Father's Day, are you going to church and celebrating God, the only father there is in existence? Or... Are you seeing this passage for what it truly is, and that is speaking about authority, mm-hmm. right? It's something bigger going on here. Jesus, because Jesus himself didn't even get his own memo. If his memo said, uh, we will no longer be using the term father for any human being, he refers himself, he refers to Father Abraham, mm-hmm. right? In one of his parables, talking about Father Abraham and, uh, you know, and all of this. And so it's like, and he uses that phrase, and that's a great old uh uh, you know, Protestant hymn or or child song. Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham. Right? <laughs> well, Saint, those, those are Jesus's words. And, and Saint Paul at some point says, "You know, um, I am a father to uh, to you." That's well. exact. That's yeah. exactly right. So we start to realize it's okay to be a father as long as you're patterning your fatherhood on the fatherhood that was revealed to us in a Trinitarian way by God the Father, mm-hmm. right? And, and all of our fathers, so our spiritual fathers and even our earthly fathers or our adoptive fathers, um, any, any uh, you know, uh, man of authority in our life needs to pattern their behavior on God the Father. That's what this, what's really going on there. So then let's talk about this other, uh, I guess, uh, the invisible elephant in the room, <laughs> which is something that's really big and what this is really about. Because remember, again, he's getting ready to, he's launching into his denunciation of the Pharisees, yeah. right? And so what does he, where does he start? At the very beginning, he says, the, um, the scribes and the Pharisees have taken their seat on the chair of Moses. Now, that's an interesting phrase, and it's the only place it appears. Right. In the scriptures, it's not in the Old Testament. It doesn't say they don't ever say the the chair of Moses. Right? It's, it's a it's a unique phrase. Now, obviously, Jesus uses it because they're familiar with it. So, obviously, it, it when you look at all the commentaries, Protestant and Catholic alike, you're going to find that they all basically say, "Well, he's referring here to the authority of the Pharisees." Well, and, and Moses, yeah, I mean, there's a saying within the Jewish tradition that when Moses came down the mountain, he came with. Uh, there was three sources of authorities, uh, authority that came with him. There's the sacred scripture, you, yes. you know, the Ten Commandments on the tablets themselves, right? Uh, there was sacred tradition, and then teaching authority, Moses' teaching authority, and, and, and that that is something that carried forward uh, within the Jewish tradition. And so it's funny because right where he says they have taken this, their seat on the chair of Moses, the next line, it doesn't say but that they're real jerks for doing that. So yeah, ignore right. them. They don't right. belong in that chair. There is no chair. <laughs> right, right. Instead, right. instead he says, "Do and observe all things, whatever they tell you, but do not follow their example." So he's acknowledging. So here we have sacred scripture enshrining, right, uh, the teaching authority, right, uh, and, and the sacred tradition supporting that that 
that uh, teaching authority. And so you've got the three, you know, because how often have we heard from, from Protestants, well, where in the Bible is that? You know, and this right. notion of sola scriptura, they want to say there's only one source of, of authority. Here, the Bible itself is supporting the three prongs. You have Jesus, our Lord himself, supporting the three prongs of authority that the Catholic right. Church. And he's establishing that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that for all to see, so that, you know, again, what did Jesus do while he was here on earth, right? In his three-year ministry. I mean, it's, it culminates certainly in his crucifixion, right, his, his, his death and his resurrection, um, and we think like, well, he saved us from our sins. Yes, he did, and I'm not dismissing that at all. And that was the the purpose of his coming into the world. But at the same time, like before he ascended into heaven, it's like I'm going to build this church, yeah. And this church is going to be here as an authority, right? Right, as as a place to turn to, not just from shelter in the storm, but for guidance, right? And to know what is right and what is wrong, and to basically receive. The graces that my Father has to pour out for you daily through the sacraments. I mean, this is why there is a church. But Jesus is himself saying here that there there is an authority. Mm-hmm. And he's not saying that it's in the words that will be eventually written down the next several hundred years. Right. Right. And then gathered together and bound into a book and sold at Lifeway Christian stores. Right. He's not. <laughs> he's not saying that. What he's saying is that essentially through him in his establishment of this church – there is going to be an authority. There is one, but in the same way that essentially Jesus is, remember he says, I didn't come to abolish the law, the law right. of Moses, right? I didn't come to abolish the law. I came to fulfill it. Jesus is the living fulfillment of the law of Moses, right? And if he's talking about an authority that's called the chair of 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 Moses, then then what is the fulfillment of the chair of Moses? What is the chair of Moses essentially leading us into? And we Catholics look at that and go like, oh, I've heard this expression, right? The sea of Peter mm-hmm. or the chair, Peter's chair, right? And so if we look at some of the words, it's, it's really interesting. So that phrase, the sea, like so the holy sea, every once in a while, S-E-E, you'll see that and go like, are they like these sort of all-seeing, you know, uh, whatever they have omnivision, right? Is that what's going on? No. C comes from the word, the Latin word sedes, which means seat, mm-hmm. right? So uh, the the Holy See is also called the See of Peter, the first pope. So it'd be the seat of Peter. So there's this seat sitting on the chair of 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 Moses, mm-hmm. and now we have a successor to Peter sitting on the chair of Peter with an authority. And when you start to connect all those dots and and look at the other things, like in every diocese, there's one of these things. There's only one of these buildings and there's only one of these things. And that is the cathedral, right? And that comes to us from the Latin word cathedra, which means chair, Mm -hmm. right? So the chair of the bishop sits in the cathedra, cathedral right and each each bishop is an apostolic successor that's right to the apostles and so you start to see this connection so you see this this unbroken line of authority then that um that jesus is speaking of here and again as catholics uh we look at this and if we're looking at like with with uh you know ziggy rodriguez shades on (laughs) he's got his catholic shades and he sees everything through a catholic lens well then it makes perfect sense to to ziggy yes that's like well this is this is about church authority well the the other thing to to keep in mind is because i think it's an important point 
the fact that he says, you know, to observe, he, he, just as Deacon Jeff was saying, he's going to talk about all the bad things that are bad about the Pharisees, right? He's going to let them have it. But within that same context, he's still saying, observe all things, whatever they tell you, but do not follow their example. So what does that, what does that tell us? What that tells us is, you know, our church, it's a divine institution that's entrusted to sinners, Right, so Jesus was still saying these, these. They still sit on this chair, you know, within the Jewish tradition. They still have teaching authority. You are right to follow the teaching authority that they have. The problem isn't the teaching authority. The problem is that they themselves are not living in accordance with it. Right, and so it's like sometimes Protestants say, "Oh, there are so many bad popes. Look at these bad popes. Look at uh, you know, uh, you know, especially from the Middle Ages." And they'll give all these examples. Here's the interesting thing. A lot of those, there were popes that were lived, who lived very bad lives. You know what? Those popes generally didn't write encyclicals because they were too busy, like, living lives of, of, of yeah. debauchery. You know what I mean? But still, the, 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 what Jesus says about the Pharisees would apply to those. If he was yes. walking the earth at that time in the Middle Ages, he would have said, hey, do whatever they tell you, right. but don't do what they're doing. Right, right. And so, but those popes, like we're through the, like Pope Benedict once said, uh, this is before he was pope, this is when he was Cardinal Ratzinger in the 90s, they asked him, does the Holy Spirit pick the pope? And he said, you know, I don't think so. I think, it, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, he said, it's, <laughs> it's, I think it's more of uh, that the Holy Spirit intervenes to prevent someone from getting selected that would bring utter ruin to the church. Mm. And, and I don't think it just applies to the Pope. I think that applies to all church leadership and all of us. I think God, we are created to be experiential learners. God permits us, by making a divine institution that's entrusted to sinners, we're going to learn from our mistakes and learn from the mistakes of church leadership. But that's how we're going to, to grow. We're all in statu vae, right? We're all in a state of, of journeying, both individually and as a church and as a, a whole universe. That's what we are. And we're all journeying to our universal destination. You know, we're all called to him. Uh, but we're called to him within the context of our brokenness. And that applies also to... The church, but God has a perfect plan that takes all of our mistakes and all of our sins into account, and that includes the sins and the mistakes of church leadership. Yeah. Tough, tough teaching. That's it, a very it is. It tough is. Teaching. It is. <laughs> and, and interesting, you should mention that, Tom. Now I know in your house, you, is there like a is there like a chair of Tom? Oh heck yeah. <laughs> Because oh, you know most most guys have their yeah. chair, right? There's like this. It's it's got perfectly some pomade angled. really close by, a nice hairbrush, <laughs> and it's but it's, it's nice, but, but you're facing the television. Oh yeah, yeah, and the yeah. remote. It's like, where's my remote? Yeah, uh, yeah. Have you seen it? No, <laughs> but the television. I have one too. It's always it's always on EWTN. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's right. In fact, That's true. Thank you, Sam. Right in the in the Dorian household, there is yeah. probably a feast day associated with the chair of Tom. But that's a whole other issue. Yeah. That's a whole other issue. We digress. That's right. So, so you mentioned this is like Tom. You said it's difficult. It's, it's a difficult kind of a teaching here. Maybe very challenging. Uh, and think about our own day and age. And there are uh, there are people in our um, in our own church. Uh, some people who are unhappy with uh, our leadership, right? Some and some who are very happy, and there's some that not, don't know what to think. And the reality is, it, this is a this is a challenge to all of us to realize the authority of the Holy Father, mm-hmm. right? His right to be there, the fact that he sits on uh, the chair of Peter, but at the same time, which is comes to us our heritage from the chair of Moses, right? What what the chair of Moses was essentially intimating and, and foreshadowing is the chair of Peter that our Holy Father sits on right. and has all of the rights uh, 
and the responsibilities of that chair, has all of the authority that comes with that chair, right? And so all the things that Jesus was speaking about there apply to this Holy Father at this moment in time. And so we have to be very careful if you look at some of the, uh, we'll just say the detractors that are out there. There are many Catholics who, uh, there was a book I I bought one time, it was interesting, I think it was called More Catholic Than the Pope. That's an old expression people use kind of as a, um, a, a challenge or a joke, but it's not a good expression because you can't be more Catholic than the Pope, even though in practice and action, Jesus might have said more Jewish than the Pharisees. Right. right? You, you, you could see there's a challenge there because they speak of Judaism, right? They, the, the Hebraic law, they, the, the, the Pharisees speak of this, and they speak the truth, and yet they burden people and lead people astray by their own actions and their inability to, to, uh, to, to be merciful uh, and to speak of God's mercy and to help people along the path who need it. Well, there are people that have difficulty with with Pope Francis, and we have to be very, very mindful of this authority that is that is granted him by virtue of his office. Mm-hmm. One of the one of the best uh, arguments that I've heard this is from conservative and traditional voices, uh, where they say, you know, after people have raised the sort of arguments that you're saying against Pope Francis, basically their response is, you know what, I don't even have to really respond to what you're saying because at the end of the day. The only person who is actually able to weigh in on these issues is some subsequent pope. I'm not pope. You know yeah. what I mean? And well, maybe so, you like, will be one day, <laughs> no, Sam. So, right, so but, tell me what you'll say when you're pope. Right. No, but they're, they're, hmm. their, their argument just being like, uh, you're not pope. I'm not pope. And if some subsequent pope speaks up and takes up what you're saying and looks back on this papacy and has these... That's a completely different world right. than you and me having this conversation. This is where that phrase, above my pay grade, comes yes. in, right? We're, we're, we're not. We're not popes. Right? Yeah. There are popes, and we aren't them. Right. Uh, and so be very mindful. I, I guess where I worry is if in Jesus' day there were, in his contemporary days, contemporary to him, there were the these these Pharisees, right? Right. They're essentially this brood of vipers, this these these hypocrites. So, in our own modern day interpretation of this, who are our brood of vipers and who are our hypocrites? And there are people within the church who are leading people astray, and we have to be very mindful of that. And I'm not going to call names and say, "Well, this group is bad, and that person, and that former priest, or that priest, or that person has elevated himself." But I, I'm very, very cautious. Uh, and I, I don't like it when I start to see people referring to, um, uh, you know, Pope Francis by his given name, right? Oh, his I birth name. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. The, the, you have the, to have respect for the office, whatever you might think about it. Him that's exactly right. And yeah. so I start to go like, well, see this, this, it, that becomes a little Pharisaical, mm-hmm. even though there are people that there are people we have sede vacantis, right? So that comes from our Latins. Remember sede, yeah, uh, you know, chair and then or seat. And then vacantes empty. Mm-hmm. There are people that say that this is not a legitimate pope. And if you look, if you look in enough places, you're going to find out that some of those same people believe that we haven't had a, a valid pope since John the Twenty Third. Mm-hmm. And it's like these things lead us into error, and we have to be very cautious about these things. And so, it, sometimes in this situation, it's better to take that stance of above my pay grade. Yeah, let me just be loyal. Think about the saints who were loyal to. Their own leadership, maybe in their religious order or their bishop uh, or whoever had authority over them, they were loyal to them even if they were told, yeah, you think you're such a good preacher, preach that every single day for the rest of a year. 
you know, on that homily, and everyone's going to think you're an idiot. Well, they would do that because they were this. There's an authority, and they are bound to that authority. Well, and, and if we're going to pay attention to sort of like what's our place, like if there are things that you don't like in church leadership, um, pray for that 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 uh, church leader fast, and for yourself. And for, that's what I was going to get to. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pray for that church leader and fast, but don't just stop by pointing at others. You know, if we're talking about hypocrisy readings, if if you're in church and you're hearing scripture about hypocrisy and you're thinking, yeah, it's all about that guy, and you're not pointing the finger at yourself, you're in trouble. We all have hypocrisy within us. We all have things that we need to root out and work on. And the more we do that, the more effective our prayers and our fasting will be for our church leadership and for the world, and the more clear our perspective will be about what our role truly is in trying to bring Christ's kingdom in. Yeah, all of us have... uh, How do you really feel? Yeah. (laughs) That's what I want to know. He's he's passionate, and that's beautiful. I I want to sit in Tom's chair. That's how I really feel. I'm scared if he ever takes those sunglasses off (laughs) in the middle of one of those rants. Oh, this is a permanent thing. (laughs) Yeah, that's looking... It's uh, it's really, really, really cool. Uh, yeah, so we all have in common this um, this one event that happened way long time ago in the Garden of Eden, mm-hmm. right? And since that time, all of us have this concupiscence, this draw um, to to take the path of least resistance, to, to fall into sin. We're drawn to sin. So all of us, we can point the fingers at ourselves or look in the mirror and point or whatever. Uh, and yes, it's it's okay to, to, to talk about the state of the church and and the teachings or the uh, or the the speeches even of the Holy Father and of our own church leadership, but there has to be a respect for the office because he's there and you're not. Mm-hmm. And so, regardless of how the Holy Spirit, because you said talked about the Holy Spirit and Pope Benedict didn't say that the Holy Spirit was not involved. No, right? The Holy Spirit is involved, but did he? outright choose this person over that person right i I think that the holy spirit is there in a very uh you know overseeing way Mm -hmm. right um uh and and how beautiful that is and we need to remember that and trust that that's why the best wisdom and when we're coming in these these times of of we'll call them change in the church uh in in terms of like processes and how things are done and all these discussions about synods and 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 things like this that a lot of people can easily fall into uh the fault of 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 judging and pointing fingers and saying i'm not following that that's evil or that's bad when in fact we need to be um uh we need to allow ourselves to be led as hard as that's going to be so who is your authority where do you find your authority and hopefully it's Holy Mother Church, and even in our Holy Father, we need to see that authority and respect it. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and in the hour of our death. death. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at Jeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.